unplanned trek. Thanks guys for tuning in for another episode of Unplanned Trek. This is episode five, where we're deep diving into the episode Chrysalis from from season seven, early doors in season seven, episode five, I believe. And I am joined for the first time with a special guest. I've got Andrew Hogan. G'day, Andrew. How are you? It's absolutely great to be here, Isaac. Yes, it's um, Chrysalis, that episode. You know what? I've got children and that wasn't on my list of names. See, it was probably on mine at some <laughs> point in time. Um, but yes, it's great to be here. Thank you very much. And you've come with quite a podcast CV for our listeners. What have you done previously? Well, hosted the award-winning ABC Radio podcast Nerdzilla for 11 years. Fantastic. That's actually my entire CV. So yeah. It's not exactly that impressive <laughs> one show. Well, yeah. And a bit of an impressive note about that show. So we'll, we'll take it. I think, I, I think we were more sort of... Um, our, our longevity was more the fact that I don't think the ABC really cared what we were doing for a lot of that time. Yeah. And in, to be fair, didn't actually really understand what we were doing either. That's fair. Well, we haven't won any awards here yet in our first four episodes, but I have had a, a tweet liked by the actor that plays Saru, Doug <coughs> Jones, so I consider that a win. I This is fascinating that, that, that you bring that up. I tweeted to the entire cast of Discovery after the first season saying that that is one of the strongest first seasons of any of the Star Trek shows, in fact, of really of any show I'd mm. seen, and um, over half the bridge crew liked my tweet. Well, half the bridge crew don't even talk in Discovery. Especially, well, not, <laughs> not in season one. Yeah. A few different things that have happened so far in our brief journey in Unplanned Trek. First of all, it's the first time I've had a special guest, so this is big news for my podcast. Really enjoying it so far. Hope you are too. But it's also the first time we've had two episodes back-to-back from the same series, that being DS9. So last week we looked at The Muse, which I see as a uh, an episode where a, a writer has gone, hey, how good is it being a writer? <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if I could get... Um, get women from being a writer so that was that episode well this this episode was uh an episode of star trek and that's probably the most i could say for it there isn't much that happens nothing that happens in this episode will affect future episodes it does call upon some characters from previous episodes but i've got a saying all trek is good trek which guarantees you at least a six out of ten as an episode but i think i'd be stretching to give it a seven what did you make of it well i mean just to prove that 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 episode is eminently forgettable. I've watched all of Deep Space Nine and I thought I was watching that for the first time. Yeah. I had no recollection of that. And having just watched it now, I have no recollection of what actually happened in it, to be quite honest. It was was a big nothing burger. Yeah, it was. It was an episode you chuck late in the season... When you need to fill up some room. It actually, it's better than that one where in Next Generation where Riker does a best of the first two seasons. Oh, yes. It's better than that. But was there a writer's strike on at the time? There might have been there an unnecessary because, writer's strike. It might because, because well, I mean, there, there perpetually is, seemingly, yeah. in Hollywood. But yeah. to, because that had, it had all of the DS9 tropes. You know, Julian mm-hmm. doesn't get laid mm-hmm. um, despite trying. Um, yes. People joke about him being in love with Miles O'Brien. O'Brien has to fix stuff and... Um, um, Keiko is mentioned but not seen. Yeah, there's no Dominion. There's no Cardassians. There's, there's a, there was a lot of Klingons in Quarks just hanging oh, around. Yeah, they were there. Just there. Yeah. It was odd. Like, yeah. could you imagine if you, you, you rock up as an extra, spend four hours in makeup to have no lines. But drink what you like. Sit in the background and drink what is clearly blue food colouring. Prune juice. 
Oh, dear me. <laughs> and you can't get out of those outfits very quickly. So that would be a bit of a problem, I can imagine. I reckon it would be, okay. yeah. So um, I, I guess the um, the episode was very was, was deeply odd in places. Mm. So we've got three genetically engineered friends of Julian, who, of course, is also genetically engineered, except they didn't realise that at the start of the series, because mm. he wasn't. Just make up stuff. Yeah. And they turn up, and they're supposed to be super smart people, but they literally were dumb as dog shit. Yeah, they were. They were very dumb. I, I, they were. Are they funny? Are they supposed to be funny? I think they were supposed to be funny. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Were they funny? No. Well, I think we'll see at least one of these characters pop up in the Keiko O'Brien medal a little bit later. But we'll start off first with the William T. Riker medal. <laughs> Riker Medal. Before I go into this very far, I have noticed that every Trek does have a, a Riker. So in the original series, it was Kirk. Riker is it next gen. Tom Paris in Voyager. Maybe Bashir is trying to be that in Deep Space Nine. But if he's trying to be Riker, he's failing dismally. <laughs> yeah, yes, he is. Isn't he? He's, not, he's not alpha enough to be. Not in the slightest, yeah. no. But like last week, we are awarding points this week. So Bashir did have a very lovely kiss with Serena outside Quarks, which guarantees them both a point. Mm. And we're also giving a point to Lauren, one of the genetically engineered life forms, who got very close to... Uh, we had to do some research after the episode, but... Lieutenant, what was it, Jones? Lieutenant Jones? Lieutenant Jones, as we discovered in the uh, credits of this episode, he was merely credited as officer. Mm. He's popped up in lots and lots of um, Star Trek. Now, point to point, point out, he actually had no lines. He had absolutely no lines, but he got to stand uncomfortably close, to, so much so that it gave him a Riker point. Oh, I was, yeah. I was sure that she was... Well, I thought she was going to pash everybody she looked at. She did give off... Bedroom eyes to oh, to extreme yeah to anyone that was in shot mm. yeah well, anyone on the station <laughs> and pretty much yeah this is a big station too it is a big and yeah. I, I, I I'm I'm not going to say that she gets around but let's just say she gets around <laughs> uh, now what about her what about the offsider so Tim Ranson's character Jack mm. what a mustache yes but no action no oh, no no, no rock I mean, metal he, points for Jack he's wearing the porn stash and yeah. it's it's a centimetre more of hair from a chopper reed. Yeah. it. I think standard rules for a, a gentleman's moustache is you don't go below your bottom lip. Mm. Oh, absolutely. You know? um, but this, this one goes goes further. It's more... He, he, he could have been in um, the Wild West. One of, Maybe one of those episodes where Data goes to... Yes. Or Worf. He mm. liked the West too, didn't but he? But they were not indeed in the Wild West. So it's all... Mm, true. Star Trek made some really odd decisions on occasions about fashion in the future. I just had an idea. Deep Space Nine Wild West edition. Like... Oh, make them all dress up in cowboy hats. Yeah. Just actually, how about they just all dress up in cowboy hats out of context and just do a normal episode? Except Cisco, and he's like, "Why the hats?" And they're like, yeah. "What hats? What hats?" If yeah. it was Q, just do it. Just <laughs> play it straight with yeah. cowboy hats on. Yeah, yeah. a cobras. <laughs> do you think? Do you think this is the sort of thing though, that Miles would allow on his station? He'd be too busy oh, fixing something that's broken. The, anyway. the Captain Party Pooper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm sorry, I've got fezzes. <laughs> they all wear fezzes, except for Miles. 
who wears a jaunty little sort of um, Irish cap type thing. It'd be green. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, and oh. Keiko would wear something stereotypical too. No, she would yell. Oh, at, she wouldn't be on board. Well, she wouldn't be seen. And if she was seen, <laughs> she'd be yelling at Miles about how bad his hat looks mm. and telling him to take it off. Yeah. Jean-Luc Picard medal. This medal is named after the best captain in the fleet and I'm not taking feedback. That is just the, the way it is. So we give three votes to the, the best character in the, um, in the episode two and one. And today I've allowed the special guest Andrew to come up with the votes for this episode. So what have you... F- how hard was it to give out votes for this episode? This was tough. This was tough, mate. And, you know, I've, um, I've umpired footy and had to give three votes and, <laughs> at times, and this was way harder. Yes. Um, okay, so one vote, mm-hmm. Miles O'Brien. It's Miles? A, it's the default position. Right. Yeah, he Miles gets a, Yes, yes. He was in the episode, therefore he gets a vote. Terrific. Um, and that will be forever the case if, if I ever do this again and watch Deep Space Nine. In fact, I reckon Miles gets a vote in episodes of Next Gen. Yes, well, he's... Him or Worf are in the mo- are the capable of getting the most votes. I'd give him one vote if he if he wasn't in the episode because you know he's down in the transporter room, bored, brainless, or he's fixing something in some conduit in some Jeffrey's tube that's not designed for his body shape. No, that yeah. probably Wesley broke. Wesley. Mm. <laughs> so anyway, one vote, Miles O'Brien, and I'm dead serious about that. Good. Um, two votes, Morn. Morn, because Morn needs more love. He just doesn't get enough love. He was in the episode. Yep. He has as many lines as he always has. True, this is yep. one of his standout episodes. It was correct. Yep. And three votes, drum roll. Genetically engineered character Jack's mustache. Right. Not the character. Not Jack. Not Jack himself. He was terrible. He, he was utterly yes. terrible. And, and I don't know who you are, Tom, Tom Ransom. I'm sure you're a lovely person, but you could not act on that day, okay? But your yes. mustache was magnificent. Fantastic. Well, look, we're going to have to dig out this week. After putting this podcast out, I will dig out a photo from this episode and see if we can um, put a bit of context behind that vote because three votes for a moustache, I'm not arguing. Mm. I just love the fact that, that he went into makeup one morning and they went, you know what this, what this needs? You know what mm. this character needs? Yeah, a, a half chopper read. Do you reckon... Do, look, I, I don't know much about um, facial hair fashion. Well, you have some, so that's, <laughs> that's you're true. Qualified. I'm, I'm able to grow. Yeah, yeah, I guess it gives me a bit of um, ammunition to talk about it. Yeah. Do you think it was real, or do you think this was a, a choice by wardrobe, you need you need this? Or do you oh. reckon he's rocked up with the moustache and they've gone keep it? No, no. Some, so, someone's, someone's done that. That, absolutely. No, he's on... Look, he, he, he doesn't have a moustache on his IMDb picture. Yep. And let's face it, if, that, if he could grow one like that, you'd have it on every photo. Yeah, that's it, true. It would be on your driver's licence and everything. Yeah. yeah. No, no, he's rocked up and they've been doing the hair, doing the makeup, and someone, yeah, there's something missing here. Yeah. What's going to give this more impact? Yeah. yeah. Bang. Straight, yeah. To the, straight to the stash. It, I reckon it might have been the writer, who, by the way, was Odo. <laughs> we found out too. Was this written by Rene Abergenois? Yes. Oh, dear. I can't say oh. Just like I can't pronounce the episode. I was going to say, <laughs> stick with your day job, Rene. Yeah. That wasn't... 
how did he get that? How did that get passed? Like, Maybe he did it in his contract. Hey, I'll, I will sign up for your last season so if the, you let me write an episode. It's a bit like Star Trek Five had to employ William Shatner to direct a type thing. <laughs> That's because, right. I mean, yeah. that was I could have written that, and I can't write anything. I mean, <laughs> anyone who's listened to Nerdzilla knows I can't write anything. Um, he just, it was like, so Julian's three mates turn up. They're all a bit weirdos. They want... And yeah, he, he, fix he, our friend. Fix our... Fix the hot girl. Julian cracks onto the hot girl, fails. Now, th- that doesn't take any effort to write that because that's just standard. Yes, that's that's science fiction. This is actually a DS9 episode that could have been written by, by an AI. Yeah, just feed yes, all, all yeah. the things Let's and put, it'll just pop out with this. Yeah. And we'll put Renee's name on it because it's in his contract. Maybe it did. I reckon that's we, it. Yeah, we yeah, can't yeah, unfortunately yeah. ask him these days. But that's a bit sad, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, so look, I, I'm, I, the the mustache was such a bold choice. Mm. It's um, worthy of three votes. And what what year was this made? Ninety eight. Ninety RG ninety eight. That was not a trendy mustache. Oh, what was trendy in ninety eight? Like, are we talking like? We're in Spice Girls era, aren't What's we? actually scary, though, is that the... Scary rock... Spice. Human. Scary Spice. Oh, boom, boom, boom. Ah, I, I see what you did there. No, what's actually... What's, what, what's hilarious is the fact that somebody in wardrobe thought that in the 24th century that moustache would be trendy. Well, going on that thought, apparently early days of next gen, Picard... Well, or Patrick Stewart went, you know, what What about me being bald? Mm. And the answer was, no one's going to care in the 24th century if you're bald. But see, I would have thought the argument was we would have cured male baldness. Or cured moustaches. Well, that one needed, <laughs> that one needed curing, absolutely. Curating. Um, that cu- one. That curated, curated. it was. Yeah. It looked like it was two caterpillars having sex on his upper lip. It was like quite... You're right, it was disturbing great. Disturbing yeah. times. It, it was a butterfly. Yeah, yeah. That, it's going to become a butterfly. <laughs> that's right. It probably is now. So um, I thought, yeah, that was that's for me. I couldn't get past the moustache, and that's probably a good thing. Yep. The rest of the episode was gobshite. Yeah, yeah, great. In, well, in a it's, good way. It's the first facial hair that's got votes, and I'm, I'm glad to see it in, in our fifth episode. And the thing is, it's got, it had a lot of competition because Avery Brooks absolutely rocks the facial hair. He does. But yeah. I guess if we, we, by this stage, we might have grown accustomed to it. Oh, it, it, but he, it's, it's a mean look he's got. I love, I love Brooks. He's fantastic. Yeah. And, and once Cisco lost the hair... Mm, oh, that's a new Cisco then. Totally, yeah. totally. I, I, um, bald Cisco utterly rules. Did he have to go bald to get captain? Is that how it happened? Like, is it oh, the, the same time? things might have coincided. Yeah, I think they might have. Oh, yeah, there you go. Because yeah. so, Picard had it in for him. Yeah. Well, very early on. Lacutus. You're going yeah. to bring up... You're going to bring up... Bring up Lacutus. Yeah, that's right. Yes, right. we've met before. Yeah. We're in battle. Enjoy being your being commander for three seasons. Three seasons, you yeah. captain. And you can shave your hair. And yeah. then you can look super tough and mean. Yeah. Wow. Well, not only have we got votes here, we've also got some potential... Uh, what do you call it when you're coming up with a theory that other people would put tinfoil hats on, but you actually know is right? Is there a word for that? There should be. Yeah. Uh, I think the word's podcast. <laughs> I was going to say cryalysis uh, or whatever this episode. No, called. she the words the, the chrysalis. The words basically any forum on Reddit. Excellent. <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah. Look, I, I, we'll make up a word for that later on. Mm. But um, yeah, I think um, it's it, it's head cannon for me. Yeah. Excellent. Head cannon. And we've just spent an inordinately large amount of time discussing the head cannon of a facial hair of a minor character in a single episode of a TV series from more than twenty years ago. Correct, but that takes us very nicely now to the opposite of the Picard medal, the Keiko O'Brien medal. The Keiko O'Brien medal. 
Poor Keiko O'Brien. Not only was she the worst episode, worst character in Next Gen, she's also the worst character in Deep Space Nine, but she doesn't appear in this episode, so I'm not taking any points off her. Who am I taking points off? First of all, one point goes to Kira. I had the choice of giving it to Kira or Odo. Now, at the very start of this episode, they uh, romantically go to the Hollow Suite and decline Julian to tag along. They are aware that uh, two's allowed and three's a crowd. Also, like Julian... Tag along, mate. That's mm. real dodgy. Tag along with your ex-wife in real life state. But who's going to a hollow suite with a shapeshifter? Yeah. I, I have a great problem with that. I'm not racist against shapeshifting. To be pro-shapeshifter. I am pro, extremely yeah. pro. I just yeah. had trouble with the romantic possibilities of a humanoid person who's essentially silver goo. I think maybe the reason for the Dominion War was so we didn't have to talk about that in Season 7. Because the, the mind boggles about what was yeah. going to go on in that hollow suite. Yeah, but my issue with Kira and Odo in this episode is they go to the hollow suite in the maybe the first 10 seconds of the episode and they stay there. Now at one st- stage Julian says that she's been like this for five days. So I've got them in the hollow suite for up to a week. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Um, did he, I didn't Odo didn't bring his bucket. He, he wasn't holding a bucket. He, he was wearing a nice suit, which probably got him out of these votes, to he be honest. He was wearing a tux, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. but if, you, you know, no. if you're going to the hollow suit with Kira, you dress up. Here's the scary thing. Odo's not wearing any clothes ever. He's always naked. That oh, wasn't a suit. Don't make me change my votes. No, I'm going Think Kira. Kira gets the vote. He shapeshifts. <laughs> He's, that's all him. That's mm. him. Now, I, I want to know what happens if Odo takes that jacket off. Is it still part of him? What, where does the jacket go? Yeah, does the jacket disappear? Does it just go that bubbly... Does, does it turn into goo? Goo, yeah. Is it Terminator 2? Mm. Or is it is it a jacket? Look, tweet us, let us know. You guys would know this stuff. I'm pretty certain I'm going to go with seven seasons Odo's been walking around buck naked. Mm. And no I can't one's... watch DS9 again. I'm definitely, I, I really can watch it again now to put in a whole new light. Well, speaking of which, we had three votes before to Jack's moustache, but we are now giving two votes to Jack himself. Jack was frustrating for several reasons. One, he talks way too fast. Way too fast for someone like me who does talk at a very measured and slow speed. But the other reason was he started a song... That took up about a fifth of the episode. It seemed... A fifth? I, it seemed to go on for hours Half? and hours. Yeah. I, now, the episode's, what, 44 minutes long? Yeah, that song, that scene went for 43. Yeah, in, that's in right. In my mind... The, the highlight of the episode was the opening credits. Yeah. In, oh, yes. <laughs> but in my head canon, that scene's all I can think of now. And that was cringeworthy. It, the song wasn't good, and it was a really long song. So, Jack, for starting off that song... Which I'm going to try to find a link to and post this week because you guys need to see this bad song if you haven't watched this episode ready for this podcast. You've been been very generous calling it a song as well. They they were just repeating Do Re Me, uh, So Far So Good. No, that's (laughs) it. Um, They were just repeating Do Re Me over and over again and literally it was worse than in The Sound of Music. Yeah, it had a less complicated lyric than Right Here Right Now by Fatboy Slim. Totally, it did, Mm. absolutely. Which might have been about the same year. I think probably was. <laughs> I think what made that scene so terrible was that it reminded me of The Sound of Music because mm. that then reminded me of Christopher Plummer, mm-hmm. rest in peace, mm-hmm. and his greatest role of his entire career, General Chang in Star Trek Six. 
interesting you mention that. There is a one in, at the moment, 810 chance that that movie comes up on an, the next episode of Unplanned Trek. I haven't spun the wheel yet, oh. but I do have movies on the list of things that can come up for me to watch. Well, it's almost a guarantee to come up now, now that we've mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, and those odds are just yeah. as good as any other odds. Way better, yeah. <laughs> They're way better than Julian Bashir getting, like, sex. Yes, ever, that's right. Basically. Even The Cage is a possibility, because that's available to watch. It certainly yeah. is. I've got it at home. Fantastic. Um, that got Jack. Yeah, Jack was an idiot. Yes, so okay. he's worthy of two votes. And despite being an idiot, there is someone more idiotic than him in the episode. Well, can I just sidebar there? Mm. Genetically engineered, and all three of them were idiots. Like, they were truly thick. Well, Serena's also in that group. Yeah, we don't know what she was because she was catatonic for half of it. And Julian wouldn't let her talk <laughs> when she wasn't catatonic. Yeah, I know. Creepy dude. He fell in love with her so badly and that's why he gets three votes. Mm-hmm. Three votes this week. Julian, it's okay to have a crush. It's alright to even have a kiss with your crush in an episode. But within 44 minutes, 43 of which are song, mm. you don't drop I love you so quickly. So early. And the candlelit romantic dinner that he set up. Oh, that, that was always going to go to pieces. Well, we've learnt from Geordie. We've learnt from Ensign Kim, maybe, even. Yes, absolutely. Um, don't, don't plan too much no. for your romance because it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Guys, if you're w- w- listening to this today, it's not going to happen. I was actually watching... <laughs> don't try. I was watching an episode of Voyager one day at home and my 14-year-old son walks past and mm-hmm. he goes, Oh, what are you watching, Dad? I go, Oh, Voyager. And he goes, Oh, is Harry Kim still, st- is Harry Kim still not having sex? Yep. And like, mm-hmm. he's barely seen an episode of it he already knew. The only time I think Harry had any romance is when it was an alternate reality and he was still Correct. based on Earth. Yeah, Nothing's exactly. happening for him in the Delta Quadrant. And Julian, uh, sadly for you, with Serena going back to whatever place in the Quadrant. Quadrant, maybe? She could even be in the Gamma Quadrant. There is probably a planet populated by the world's dumbest genetically engineered augments. And they probably can't count before that that's there. Well, I'm sure they can't. Um, Julian... Uh... I don't like to bring rules and regulations to the table, Mm -hmm. but, you know, in the 21st century, it's a little bit frowned upon for doctors to crack onto their... I mean, if you're taking moral and ethical advice from Miles (laughs) O'Brien, you're plumbing the depths there a little bit. I mean, really, Julian. I don't know if Julian was looking for the advice, though. It's not like, hey, Miles, should I I date this augment? No, that's right. Miles just called him out on it. Yeah, he's like, you don't do this. And, yeah... Does Miles have the moral... He probably does have a moral superiority than most people on DS9. I mean, it's not hard. Just all horrible things happen to him. Yeah, That's the most important yeah. thing about Miles O'Brien. Yeah, I mean, not even the captain of DS9 does things the moral, ethical, oh, utopian no. Starfleet way. Absolutely not. It's a bit but, gritty. But I don't think, Julian, you can't get out of it just by going, she's not my patient anymore. Mm. Like, yeah, you're literally the boss of, the of like, the GP practice. Yeah, you know what? If, you know what? If Odo wasn't stuck on this holodeck the whole time, uh, he would have called that out and gone, come with me. Come exactly. in the brick. Okay, okay, sunshine. Mm. Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, no, I think um, there, was a, there was a lot of Julian not really thinking things through in yeah. that episode. Now, in the corner of this room, I have a huge wheel that has 810 tokens on it. Mm. We're going to give it a spin in just a sec and see what next week's episode is going to be. Okay, we've given the wheel a thunderous spin. You might not have quite heard it. 
because I might have accidentally paused it. So look forward to sound effects in upcoming episodes, guys. But we're going to have our first dance with Star Trek Voyager. And like this one, we are going deep into it. Season 7, Episode 5, Critical Care. Mm, Critical Care. It's a um, a Doctor episode. Oh, we like the Doctor. Absolutely do. Robert Picardo, hilarious guy. Can I tell my Robert Robert Picardo anecdote? I'd love to hear it. I... With... um, I was. We were at. Uh, we had the show at uh, Supernova um, convention in Melbourne once. We were talking to Sylvester McCoy, the Seventh Doctor. Yes. Um, and he he is crazy. He's literally nuts. Hilarious. Impossible to interview. Uh, <laughs> he just off on a tangent. And um, Robert Picardo walks over. And does walks, he rescue you? No, no. Picardo walks over and doesn't introduce himself to mm-hmm. to Sylvester. He says, "Look, I've just been told." that you were in a show that your only character's name was The Doctor and I was also in a show whose character's only name was The Doctor and I just want to let you know that if I'd known that you'd done it before, I would never have done it. Oh. And then he walked off. And Spencer McCoy went, who was that? Well, it's The Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> but since then, they have both done plays together on the stage together in England. Did Picardo have his hollow emitter on to do that? Oh, no. well, that would have been quite funny, doing a bit, a bit of Shakespeare and things. But I'm, the interaction struck me as they had not met at that point in That's time. That's fantastic that you're part of it. And Picardo was hilarious. We didn't actually ever interview him, right. but every time you saw him interacting with anybody, he was just hilarious. Excellent. He's, a, he's also a good sport on Twitter, so if you're not following him already, give him a follow, guys. So in the next week, watch that one. And about the same time as this one's gone up, you can listen to that one next week. So... Um, as always, thanks for listening. And if you've got any questions or feedback, send me a tweet at Unplanned Trek. And Andrew, thanks for um, being along for this one. I really it, appreciate it. It has been an absolute pleasure. I had a ball. Excellent. I'm sure we'll see you in the future. Bye. It's just not what you'd expect. That's because it's Unplanned Trek. Unplanned.